Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective. I'm your host, Dallas Taylor. And I'm Alexis. And for today's episode, we are going to be going over and discussing book club, volume whatever the <laughs> heck this is. I think it's Where? like three. Volume three. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm going to be talking about the Black Hammer universe. I'm cheating. I'm talking about a lot of books. And Alexis oh. will be talking about... Ah, uh, The Many Lives of Layla Star, right? That's the full Ooh. title of it. I think it's The Many... Is it Lives or Deaths? Oh, it's Deaths. You're right. It is Deaths. Sorry, everyone. Oh, it's very Same good. Thing. I'm excited to hear what you think about it. Um, but before we get into all of that, I want to plug our socials right here in the beginning. For all you new listeners, please go follow our Twitter account, at CMX Collective, as well as our personal accounts, at Dallas underscore comics and at Lexi Taylor one, two, three, right? Is that you? Yes. Lexi Taylor underscore one, two, three. And don't bother with the Instagram because we forgot the password. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have sinned. Oh me. It's all right. I have to reset my password every time I want to pay my rent. So like, I love that. I'm the problem. It's exciting. Okay, but also right off the top, we would love it if you would all rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to right now. So go ahead and do that right now. We love go it. ahead, give it a pause. You don't have to pause. If you're on your phone, just open exactly. up a different app. Go Maybe rate not and when review. You're driving. While you're driving, take out your phone <laughs> and follow my example and text and drive. Just kidding. I don't even have a car. I live in the greatest city in the world. You hear that? It's true. Pax Swaggers from Instagram. It's not England. It's not. It's New York City. Oh, no. We're already, We're only like two, three minutes in and you're already starting fights. That's the energy for today's episode. It's going to be a short one because I want to watch Mayor of Easttown with my wife. Oh, my. Is and, that, uh, is that the, what y'all are into now? We haven't started yet. We're going to watch episode one. Guess what I just started, though. What did you start? Sorry, off topic already. Me and Carson started watching Lost, and now I have an extra irrational fear of planes. Love that for you. Mm -hmm. Also, love that you're just diving deep into the cultural zeitgeist watching a show that's 20 years old. A show yep. that's older than you. Yep. I've never seen it. Never knew anything about it. So So you don't know the ending? Nope. Well, actually, just kidding. I do know the ending, so I don't think I'll be disappointed when it happens. Yeah. Um the one of the writers on that show for like the middle bit that everyone agrees is the very strongest mm -hmm. is actually Brian K. Vaughn, who wrote Saga and Why the Last Man <gasps> and Ex Machina. So if you end up really liking the writing of Lost, okay, I think you'll really enjoy his writing. I love Brian K. Vaughn. Well, we both know I like Saga, except you, I didn't read it fast enough, so you stole it back. <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I was moving across the country. I needed it back. That's also valid. I had I three also, years. Didn't I give you all, every single volume that's out? Yeah, you gave me all the mini versions. You just took your big one back. Yeah, I took the compendium with I just haven't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have so the you, little ones. You own it. I've bought Saga probably like six different times. It's true. I love that book. Uh, someday we'll do an episode about it. I'm yeah. honestly, recently I've been like a little sad that I covered so many of my very favorite books really early in the podcast career before like you came on or we even really hit our grid 
I'm a little bit like, should I just redo them? Because like, yes. I wasn't I wasn't smart back then. Yeah, you might have different opinions now. That might be kind of exciting. Yeah, and it might and make I mean, people go back and dig for the other episodes. I, true. But I am a little glad that my friend that I did it with wasn't really interested in like the adult content of Saga. So we never we never talked about Saga. And mm-hmm. so it's still just out there in the future, a Saga mm-hmm. episode. Well, put a pin in that. All right. Do you want to jump in to telling us about your book club? Me first. Oh, okay. I guess you decide. Do you want me to go first or you to go first? Well, I will. I might say because there's not very many issues of this one out yet. Yeah, you've just got three issues, right? Yes. So maybe I should go first because it is kind of just skimming the surface of like the beginning of it all. Okay, perfect. So we'll I'll do that for sure. Okay, so I read The Many Deaths, not Lives, close, but The Many Deaths of Layla Starr, written by Ram V, and illustrated by Philippe Andrade. 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 Philippe Andrade. Fancy, fancy, fancy. Okay, so yeah, I, like we said, there was the, I read the first three issues, And I thought it was super fun. It definitely was completely different from anything I've ever read before, which is kind of why I wanted to. I stumbled across it on our um, Comixology account a few weeks ago. Um, Dallas had downloaded, I think, either the first or second issue. And you were just looking at it. And um, the covers caught my eye, of course, because I feel like when you're dating, they are the such beautiful artwork which i think was my favorite part of it so far oh Um, for sure i just love how it's the neon colors a little more like abstract the blocky shapes and colors of the fluorescence and things i just i thought it was really different and out there which i really liked a lot is this your first indie book you've covered on the show yes because like You've read Snot Girl and some Saga. So, like, you've read some, yeah, like, read good them, stuff. Yeah, read them, but not but... I haven't covered them. Okay. So, this is the first one that you're, like, reading with talking about on the show in mind. Because I feel like that changes my experience sometimes. Mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. to say, like, smart things about books when we're reading them for the show. So, I <laughs> yeah. actually, like, dive into them more. Yeah, I could agree with that, definitely. Um. Okay, so I kind of created like a loose little outline for the first three books. I, of course, don't want to go too in-depth because I want people to read them. And since it is so new, people probably – I could probably spoil more than I would like, you know. Um, So with the very first book, we are kind of immediately jump right into the city of Mumbai. And I – it was really cool because we kind of got a very right off the beginning. We get a first look at um, what I took as a very funny play on, um, I guess you could say the gods of their religion. It was very funny because they kind of presented it as like a business tycoon model of how the different tiers of how they run things. And it was funny because we see um, death, herself get called up to I guess the the boss she gets called up to the boss and he informs her that she is being let go which I thought was just it's just a such a funny thought to think 
it death really herself is. is being let go. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. I mean, I love any pastiche of like the afterlife as the corporate world. Yeah. I think that's yeah. hilarious. It, is, it definitely made me chuckle. And the whole reason is because death is no longer needed. Um, within the next few years of mortal life, there will be a man who will come to create immortality for mortals. And so they kick kick death out. They say, we don't need you. Sorry, we're going to send you down to the mortal world. And you, of course, can see her packing up all of her stuff. She's got funny little trinkets in her box that you would suspect from death herself. And she is making her way down to the human world. And we also, along with these panels, see the, um, I guess you could say, the end of another character's life. We see this young girl who's at a party, and she either jumps or falls out of an apartment building window. It kind of says either. And she gets taken to the hospital and passes away. And... With death's final moments up in the wonderful corporate corporate building, she requests to be placed in a mortal body near the baby of the man that will go on to create immortality. And we see her kind of take, I guess, take over this body of this young Layla Um, who had passed away in the hospital from her fall and we see her kind of resurrect and it's kind of a funny um, jump into her mortal life because she has a little conversation with this um, either ghost or spirit that is kind of haunting the hospital and the ghost kind of uh, follows her follows her on her way out because on her way down, death vowed to herself that she was going to find and kill that baby that took her job away from her. And it was just super funny because she's like stalking through the hospital in this like obviously battered and broken body that just got reanimated into life. She's like stumbling along and she, she finds all the babies in their little baby their little baby nursery and she like yoinks him out of his um his little baby bed and then the ghost is like his name's Darius by the way and death is like what like what what did you just say to me she's like his name's Darius she's like why would you say that to me well as soon as you give like as soon as you give a name to things you start to care about him and she just stares at him for a second and she's like my whole purpose of coming down here was to just kill you where you laid right here as a baby and she Overall, she chickens out. She realizes that it's terrible to want to kill a baby. And she is forced to flee from the office staff. And I feel okay to say that this is where the introduction of her first death occurs. And we kind of get a little bit of a jump into the next book. And each of these books occurs after a new death. So each book is kind of a span of either a few weeks or a few days where she gets resurrected 
and has to basically retry. She gets to retry what she was trying to accomplish. But each time, it takes several years to pass. So we've got a few different age gaps of where she will be resurrected. And also our main character, Darius, as well, ages in his life. And so we get a few different age categories of him as well. Um, And we basically just follow his ascent to becoming a powerful and important character and kind of her descent into relaxing more and also not being so focused on wanting to overall end this young boy's life because he got her fired basically and I I of course like I'm trying to be vague on purpose but um I I'm really excited to keep reading it I like want more to come out I feel like I need more information, you know? I feel like the first three were kind of like a good head start, but they're definitely, I I need more information. (laughs) I need more of these books. Totally. Um, Yeah, I I think you really pitched the book well. I love this book so much. Like, I was so happy to see that you were reading this. You're such a little sneak. You love to go and look at what I'm reading. I do. I am the kid that peeks at Christmas presents. It's, it's who I am. I'll never change. I I was very happy to see you reading this book because, like, <laughs> it's so good. And it's the kind of book that people are going to be talking about for years and years. So it's fun to be here at the ground floor. You mm-hmm. know? I agree. I'm excited to watch it grow from where it, where it stands right now. Because I'm honestly interested if this... I can't tell if this is going to be, like, a big, long book or if this is a book that has... 12 issues that tell Mm -hmm. a complete story and then we'll just have like a solid book that we read forever yeah you know um it could go either way i've been really fortunate to i have claimed the position of lila star's publicist on twitter which i i'm just being stupid you know but like rom v responds all the time to the stuff that i say about lila star and it makes me really happy and so Something that I noticed while reading Layla Star, or Layla Lila, I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's very similar to a book called Day Tripper from the 1990s. And Day Tripper is often considered by many to be one of the greatest comics of all time. And it follows a similar conceit where, like, every issue the main character dies. But in Day Tripper, it's like a different character every issue, Mm -hmm. right? And you just get, like, the snippet of their life leading up to their death and it just it's basically a big commentary on what it means to be alive and like Mm -hmm. what are the moments that are actually important and so I think it's fun and Ram V said that that's one of his very favorite comic books ever so like it's clearly an influence you know that he's wearing on his sleeve but I think it's interesting to pitch that from an immortal's point of view and to have like the same character survive through all of these deaths you know yes I agree and we get to see her grow but, like, the magic of Day Tripper having a different protagonist every issue sort of carries through into Lila Star as well. Because, like, we have the issue from the point of view of the cigarette butt. We have the issue yeah. about the the servant. We have the issue about, like, the pillow factory, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think there's a lot going on with the comic book form and types of storytelling within this series that's fascinating. 
I agree. There's a lot of depth, but that's made very simple, if that makes sense. Because each of those stories, I feel like you could sit and totally decipher for hours and just fully really deep dive into I mean like he said we have an issue from the point of view of a cigarette but that's a very interesting way to go about telling a story but it makes total sense in the context and so it's just kind of fun to see how beautifully and how complex this was written as well I feel like there's going to be a lot more to come with that and so I'm I'm very excited to kind of keep digging up those different things if that makes sense totally i have something very pretentious to say so everyone just like roll your eyes right now all right i'm gonna give you two seconds to roll your eyes okay everyone's eyes have rolled i roll Um, my eyes every time we record true i do too (laughs) um but something with lila star that i really like one of my favorite comic book writers is grant morrison and their work is reads a little bit like an astrophysics textbook that did peyote. It was like yeah. the only way I can describe a Grant Morrison book. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, you read you read Multiversity. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. You read Multiversity and you're like, I can tell this is good, but I also so much of this is going over my head. This book is yes. smarter than I am. And Lila Starr is similarly deep and complex, but like poetry instead of like astrophysics does that make sense yes i agree i was gonna comment i feel like this is the type of either book or novel that they'd make you read in like an ap english class and they're like decipher this cigarette butt analogy and you have to like sit there for three hours you know what i mean but like in a good way yeah i feel like it has that depth that you could really dig into it and find cool angles yeah the book is the book got some meat to it you know it's not, I mean, sometimes it felt like in AP English, they were like, what were the color of the drape? What did the color of the drape symbolize? And it was like, it symbolized that's what the color of the drapes were when the exactly. author was writing the book. Like, why you is, know? why like, is Jay Gatsby's car yellow? Because they liked yellow, okay? Bug off. Yeah, I was like, Jeez. I don't think there is as much to this as you want there to be for this unit. <laughs> I agree. But like, Lila Star is a book that does feel like there's some meat to it, you know? And it, it doesn't just get caught up in being pretty and flowery. There's a point to the story. There are important character beats and moments. There isn't just an issue from the point of a cigarette butt just to be like, wouldn't that be neat? You know, like it adds to the story. And I think that's really cool. Are you still there? Hello? I might just be vamping for a minute, everybody. I don't really know where Alexis went, but... Welcome back to Fing Fang Foom Hour, the podcast where we get foomtastic. Last week, you may remember us pitching Fin Fang Foom versus Matt Murdock. Welcome back, Alexis, to the Fing Fang Foom Power Hour. <laughs> Thank you. All, Thank you. All the foomtastic things, and we just fing around, you know? Um, I'm going to turn the time back over to you to continue talking about lila star this fine fine evening just pick up like nothing happened like we didn't just take a 10 minute break to figure out your wi-fi the magic of editing i'm not going to edit this at all and everyone's going to have weird it's going to be wonderful i want to hear i i'm going to specifically listen to this episode 
just because I want to hear you realize the part where I you realize that my Wi-Fi stopped working and I wasn't there anymore. You mean you don't listen to every episode we do? Nope, I haven't listened to a single one. I've only listened to the one that you did with Kyle Starks, so. <laughs> That's valid. Okay. Oh, well, no, actually, I did listen to one that I wasn't in a few weeks ago. <gasps> I did listen Stunning. to Stunning. Also, look at the video. Look how skinny New York's made me. I'm so you hot. Like I'm so glad you shaved your creepy mustache, might I just say. It was beautiful. It looked like a 70s porn mustache. That's the point, baby. It makes sense. Exactly. Turns yeah. out when you move to a city where you're too busy to eat all the time and you have to walk everywhere, you lose that Utah soda fat pretty quick. Oh, there's no so delicious out there. What are you going to do? Drink water like some sort of bitch. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. I mean, you can do what I do and just drink coffee, which makes your anxiety 20 times worse. It's against my religion. Oh, I know yeah. I'm the only person on earth. I forget. Beautiful. I forgot that it was not allowed. I'm sorry. Dude, so my... I don't give a crap. I'm just living my life. The kid that says his favorite word's the F word. I, I do love that word. That is my vice. I told mom the other day that your favorite word was the F, F word, and you should have seen the look on her face. Don't uh, tell mom that I'm not perfect in every single way. Traitor. Hey. Mom called me a shit ball at work the other day, so it's fine. It's probably true. She loves me most. It's true. Um, this is some good radio for everybody so, else. Everyone else was like, show? everyone else was like, we were listening to Lila Star. <laughs> true, and now, we were on such a good roll, and then here we go, speed bump, bunk. Here we are talking about mustaches, um, <laughs> mommy issues, and what's another M? We can make it a podcast. <laughs> The three M's of the apocalypse. Oh, true. All right. Right back into it, Alexis. No speed bumps. Tell me something deep about Lila Star. Mm, I was on such a good roll. Let me pick it back up. Let me find it. It rolled under the counter. Stop making faces at me. <laughs> when was the last time that you ever had your camera on? This is making me uncomfy. That's because I wasn't hot until now. I feel that. I feel that. I've been ugly for like a year and now I'm hot again. COVID. It's um, wonderful. What do you think of, I want to ask you this. Cause I mean, also you have read it. What do you think of the fact that Lila gets reincarnated or re resurrected? What do you think of that? I mean, it's not supposed to happen. We know that. No, I think it's interesting. It definitely, I mean, please anyone that is smarter than me, tell me, and correct me if I'm stupid, but like I know very little about Hinduism or Indian mythology. And like this book has been really interesting to me to just like dip my toe in to learn more about India. Right. And so I think it's interesting to my understanding, there is an element of reincarnation in Hinduism, question mark. I probably sound like an ass, but we to have that... To have that explored is really interesting. Um, and it's just cool to see like a different pantheon of gods other than the Greek and Roman gods or Egyptian gods being explored. They're a little like, overdone. There are so many cool religions and people and sects in the world that like it is very nice to drift away from like Anglo-Saxon <laughs> origins of myth. You know, like we all know 
the Norse mythology. We all know the Greek mythology, the Roman mythology, the Egyptian mythology. Let's move a little further east and acknowledge the majority of the human race. You know? Valid. Very valid. So, like, I am really enjoying that aspect of this book. Me too. Uh, And I like how it's written in, like, a fun way, too. Like, it's very different and it's got like that kind of spunk to it which i think is really fun i agree it's very very fun um what what do you feel like some of the strengths of lila star are obviously we've talked about some of the poetic nature of the prose the the like strengths of storytelling and how unique it can be what are some of the other things you think really make this book stand out I feel like one of the first things that really stood out to me was her sudden um, gain of empathy and understanding of human life. I mean, she came down to earth, guns ablazing, ready to go and murder a baby right out of his little baby bassinet, you know. And as soon as she picked him up, she was like, oh, dang, I probably shouldn't kill this baby. And she, like, had a little bit of a crisis where she's like, I am literally death. Why can I not kill this baby? Stop taking selfies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't act like I can't see you taking yourself out. <laughs> I look hot. I'm listening. I'm listening. She didn't kill the baby. Yeah, she didn't kill the baby. And also, she keeps coming back to life because I feel like there's a purpose to the fact that she is intertwined with his life as well. And I'm very interested to see where that goes because after, um, the second, no, after the third death. So the third issue that I finished, the last one that we just read, there's a 12 year age gap. Yeah. He's going to be like an adult now. He's going to, no, it's, I think it's actually, I think it's 16 years. I think he's 36 when in the fourth issue from which my is gonna be inter- Which is going to be interesting. Because it's said that he accomplishes immortality as an adult. So I'm very curious to see how either long this run goes or if it's going to be done. You know, I'm very interested to see how it's going to play out. I would love this book to go 12 issues. I don't yes. want it to end at six. I agree. I don't know. It seem I definitely think I exist in a little bubble where like I've convinced all my friends to read it, and so I'm like everybody's reading this book. But like I hope sales are good enough that it, it gets going. to go because this book is really special. I I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I think come end of the year time when we're trying to talk about favorite books from the year, mm-hmm. there's a very real possibility this, this is gonna be my this pick. This one's gonna pop up. Yeah, it's it's so, so good. Um, all right, so do you have any final thoughts about The Many Deaths of Lyle Star before I jump into my thing? Final thoughts. I would say I love the slight introduction to a new type of religion and these gods. I love being able to kind of get a little snippet of that while still feeling like I understand What's going on, too? Um, I feel like I love the character growth. I already love the development of each one. And being able to kind of watch Darius grow up is an interesting view as well. And I'm excited to see. I'm excited for the next issue, fourth issue. I'll let you know when it drops so that you won't read it. Oh. Ooh. 
Ooh, calling it how it is. Shots fired. It's fine. I just am building a career. Don't mind me. The day that you actually follow up on a book is the day that I shave my whole head bald. Do you want to make a bet? <laughs> <laughs> Your wife might leave you. You kind of got a big head. She would end my whole career. I do have a big head. Kind of runs in the family. I think we all got big heads. I mean, it's just because you all look like me four times. True. God said, ooh, face so nice. Face. We'll do it. We'll do it twice. And made you. Maybe. No, I was looking at a family picture the other day, and it was like copy and paste, and it kind of freaked me out. Yeah, it's it's interest. It's an interesting little. Uh, and it's not like the good kind of copy and paste. It's kind of like there was a jam in the copier. Yeah. And so you hit print like four times, and then they all come out a little jank. Well, I mean, you were the first one that came out a little jank. You didn't even go the natural way. <laughs> they had to True. take you out. I don't have a birthday. I have a carving day. I had a wound was, with a view, I was the actual real copy. You were the janky one that came out weird. <laughs> true, true, <laughs> true. Oh, don't ever let mom hear that we said that. It's all good. You ever just, uh, never mind. That was dark. Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a dark joke in my brain. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. All right. This has been a shit show of an episode. It's fine. I like it. I like book club. Book I club know. is fun. I like being able to talk to you. I mean, as much as I love our guests, I like some little Dal and Lexi time. So it's I, good. It's been a while. I agree. We haven't talked about forever. Since you moved. Yeah, my life. My life. Since like, you moved into the future, whoa. and I'm still in the past. Dude, it's so true. Like when you're like, oh yeah, I get up at six thirty. I'm like eight thirty at night. <laughs> you, you want me to podcast at eight thirty at night? <laughs> what the hell? Who even does that? Yeah. It's all good. I went to an Indian restaurant right before this, and it was like probably the meanest server I've ever had in my entire life. She was so you grumpy. Live in New York City. Nope. See, that's such a misnomer. Like, that's I feel like mean. all the stuff I've heard about New York is zero percent true. Yeah. Like, people aren't mean here. People are nice here. They just like I they're not business. in your business. They're not in your business. They don't like you're no one's main character in their story. You know what I mean? That's a very good point. But, like, everybody's nice. Literally, everybody is so nice here. It's such, it's such BS. Also, this being the city that never sleeps, mm, I call bullshit. Unless you're in Greenwich Village, then, yeah, sure, it's open. But everywhere else, it's, like, 10 p.m., and they're like, you want pizza at 10? What are you? <laughs> That's not Little Caesars. Go home. Oh, jeez. Go home. We have families. <laughs> Go to Greenwich Village with all the other youngins. Um, really, this is the city that, that does sleep. It does constantly smell like piss here. I will I will give that one to anybody that was like, I heard New York smells like piss. It does all the time. Probably are breeding mutant ninja turtles in the sewers. Wouldn't put a bad them. Rats. Also, the seven train is hell. Like, you go down so deep that you pass Gimli on the way down. He's like, you're going too deep. You're going to get to the ball rock. Stop it. Stop. I straight up pass the ball rug on my commute every day. Like, oh, hey, what's up? Keep fighting Gandalf. Have fun. The worst. <laughs> Who are you? Honestly. Who let you into the city? Up. See, I'm just having fun because, like, nobody listens to these episodes. Every month is, like, our viewership's, like, up here. And then Book Club is, like, Hi, we're so 
fun. Nobody cares. And then back up the next week. I do, I don't get it either. But these are the ones I have the most fun doing. So me too. Everyone's missing out. They are. Um, but let me get into my yeah, sweet. Let me, book. lay it on me. Give me your give me your side of the book club. All right, the Dallas Taylor Power Hour begins now. Here we go. Rabbit hole. Time for the real show. Oh. So I. <laughs> I no. She's I'm just gonna cut the first half. It's just gonna keep this end. Mhm. Perfect. And you wouldn't even know. Nope. I wouldn't. No one would know but me. It's true. Because nobody will listen. It's like me, Savara, and Anne are the only three people that listen to this podcast. Um, that's okay though. Just kidding. I am very grateful to all of you lovely fans out there. So my book books this week came about because I got like a fat stack of comics to try and figure out what my book of the week was going to be. Right. And I was having the hardest time figuring it out. I was reading stuff and I was like, oh, these are good. But like, what the heck? I don't know that I have anything really important to talk about or that I want to like pitch these to Alexis, you know? Cause I'm like, yeah, Peter J. Tomasi, and Patrick Gleason's Batman and Robin run has been really fun. Been reading that. Incredibly wholesome. Damian Wayne is the best Robin. Uh, not really a book club book, though, you know? Welcome back from the future. <laughs> <laughs> we were having some mad technical difficulties last night that if I do my job right, you won't know anything about other than this little comment, dear listener. <laughs> this is our third time recording this episode. Yeah, third take. So this is really a labor of love, and we expect <laughs> a, a crisp fiver in our Venmo from you. Ooh, are we dropping Venmos? Because I really am broke, and I could use that a lot. Uh, I moved to, like, the most expensive city in the world, in the country. In the and, world? Okay, and you I'm better retract it. that comment. And I'm feeling it. We're, um, fine. We're fine. We're fine. Honestly, like, I'm doing fine. I'm just a baby. I went from paying $300 in rent to $2,400 in rent a month. Jeez Louise. New York is expensive, but they I do pay you. Well. They pay you way better out here. So it kind of balances out. True. But that's not what people are here for. Hey, well, people are it's here true. It's true. To hear about my comic books and yours as well, I guess. <laughs> um. Just kidding. You picked such a great book that honestly, like, I got nothing bad to say. I just have to shit talk you because it's my my role in the world as your older brother. It's true. That's what that's what you're here for, to just be a pain in the ass. True. So true. Um, <laughs> did you but, just hear a really loud thump from my end? I did not hear a really okay, loud thump good. from my end. I think my dog fell off the bed. <laughs> good. Good for your dog. She does that every once in a while. Yeah. No thoughts. Just vibes. All right, before I hop into my book club, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to a book I read on the train today, uh, Captain America, Man Out of Time. I was reading it for the the Geeksplained Captain America month that they're doing over there on the Geeksplained podcast. So if you've ever enjoyed Erica Zana's time on our podcast and you're not listening to his, you probably should be. And he's doing a whole month of July about Captain America. I notoriously have said that I want to like Captain America, but I just have a hard time actually liking Captain America. And so I have vowed to myself to read all the books Eric recommends this month to see if I can be converted by the end of July. And if I'm not, well then, sorry comrades, I, it can't be done. Uh, I did really, really like this comic though, uh, Captain America Man Out of Time by Mark Wade. 
So if you want, go read that. It would, it's really fast. I literally read all five issues over the course of my like hour commute. So it is not super dense, but that is neither here nor there. The book that I will be talking about this week is a series of books called Black Hammer. Now, Black Hammer is a series or a world really created by writer Jeff Lemire that is an homage to the silver and golden age of DC Comics, where he takes characters like Mary Marvel, Martian Manhunter, Wildcat, uh, Steel, Zatanna, and he puts, or Raven, I guess, and he puts a twist on them and makes them Lemurian. <laughs> I don't really know how to put it other than that, but like, they come with a level of sadness, of maturity, of real world emotions that the big two comics can't always get into. And so Black Hammer exists in this really fun space where it is very deeply in the superhero genre, which I love. I love superheroes. If it isn't apparent by now, not only do I love comic books, but I especially love superhero comics. And so Black Hammer is really fun because it takes superheroes, people that can have a lot of depth to them. Obviously, I started a whole podcast based on the idea that there's depth in these comic books. But he adds a little bit more of an adult theme, an adult twinge, and tells what I would argue are deeper stories with these superhero characters of his own creation. And so the mainline Black Hammer book is great. It's a mystery. I don't want to talk a ton about that because I would love if you would just read it. It stars a main cast of five superheroes who all are mysteriously trapped on a farm. And over the course of 24 issues, you find out why they are trapped on that farm. It's very, very good. But what I want to talk about today are a little bit of the, the mini series that have come out of Black Hammer since the end of that main series. So like I said, the main series was 24 issues long. People really liked it. And turns out Jeff Lemire really liked it. And so he wanted to stay in the world of Black Hammer. And so every six months or so, he releases another mini series of four to six issues focusing in on one specific character and tells these really, really fascinating character deconstruction sort of stories with them. And the two that I want to highlight the most today are Barbalian, Red Planet, and Colonel Weird, Cosmogog. And so Barbalian, Red Planet, follows Mark Marks, the Barbalian, who is definitely like a stand-in for John John's Martian Manhunter, right? And it's his story of being a police officer and a gay man and a superhero all during the 1980s in Spiral City during the AIDS crisis. And it's like, it's really interesting reading this book knowing how Big Two Comics dealt with the AIDS crisis of the 1980s. You read X-Men comics and they invented the legacy virus, a virus that only mutants could get. And it was really devastating and the humans didn't care to help because it only really affected the mutants. And I was like, okay, that's kind of a, a little bit of a ham-fisted way to, to look at a very serious issue. And Barbalian Red Planet is anything but ham-fisted. This book is deeply emotional. It's incredibly character-driven. 
And it's honestly one of the most stirring comics I've read in recent memory. The artist is G.B. Walter. I wish I, I should have it in front of me, but the same artist that did the Vision maxi series with Tom King that we read for the podcast is the artist on Red Planet. Oh, that's fun. I like yeah. that. I liked the art in those ones. That was fun. Yeah, so basically this book is about like what it means to be a gay person during the 1980s and uses superhero pastiche to tell that story and it's masterfully done. And I don't I'm not fully sure how I want to express this thought. So if it doesn't come out right, know that like my heart's in the right place. But like I find with a lot of the LGBTQ material that I take in, a lot of the time like that's the whole story and that's the whole character we see like a queer love story and it's great they they check the box and they say like okay we we showed um gay lesbian or queer love on screen that's awesome but it has a sort of one dimensionalness to it at times that barbalian red planet never feels it's arguably like the most human look at love I've ever read. And just the fact that it is two gay men is just like kind of beside the point. And it was really, really impactful to me. Like, I don't even know that I had noticed any of this until I read this book. And I was like, this book feels different than a lot of the other things that I've taken in. Why is that? And I think it was because through the lens of Mark Marks, the a Martian barbarian, we get to see the human elements of the other that a lot of these stories want to show but don't always show in the same way or at the same level that this story is able to show. And so that's the first book that I want to recommend. It's phenomenal. Honestly, like, if there was one to just pick up without really knowing anything else about Black Hammer, I obviously I would say pick up the... OG Black Hammer series. I think it's great. But like Barbarian, Barbarian Red Planet, you don't have to know anything about Black Hammer. You just have to be able to pick it up and be like, huh, cool, Red Alien, hmm, 1980s, and run with it. And it's phenomenal. It's five issues long, and it's collected in a great little hardcover now. I, I read it digitally because I don't have room for physical books anymore. Your wife says no. Uh, it's not even that. It's that there's no space. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Get some underbed storage for your books. I do need to do that. I'm figuring it out. But so I read it digitally, <laughs> but you could be I you could be my envy by getting the physical hardcover of this. Mm. Um, I'll do it just to rub it in. Yeah, just despite me. I think you'd like this, Alexis, honestly. I would it, I mean it sounds way appealing to me. So I yeah. I love book club. For this reason. Yeah, it is an incredibly good book. And I own all five issues on Comixology. So you can oh, read them on our Comixology. I love mooching off your websites. Hey, man, that's what I'm for. It, like, weirdly justifies it to me that I pay for the streaming ones that I don't use as often as I should. Uh-huh. Because, like, you use them. And then I use them a little bit for the show. And so then it, like, justifies in my brain that I keep them. Because, like, I use them just enough to not want to get rid of them. But, like, not nearly enough to justify the price. <laughs> That's fair. All right. And so then the second Black Hammer book is Colonel Weird Cosmogog. And so much like Barbalian is the stand-in for Martian Manhunter, 
Uh, Colonel Weird is the stand-in for Adam Strange, the space Voyager man, not of this world, kind of like a pulpy figure, Flash Gordon type, right? But the whole shtick with Colonel Weird is that he ends up finding, I don't remember what they call it in Black Hammer, but like the Phantom Zone from Superman. And it Fs him up. It like basically causes him very Slaughterhouse Five to become unstuck from time. And so like time is no longer linear for Colonel Weird. And the book shows this. So like scenes where he's an old man, scenes where he's like a young man, middle-aged man, a child, like are all mixed and jumbled up. And they are pointing towards this this end story. And the whole gist of the story is that like something is missing from his memories and he can't quite figure it out. And you get this sense as you read this book of how lonely Colonel Weird is, how lonely he like drifting through time, not really being able to stay in any one given place, stay with the people in his life. He feels lonely and the book explores a lot of those feelings of loneliness, those feelings of not being in sync with the world around you that I think mental illness, depression can bring on. And it's obviously it's externalized in the superhero comic, but it's exploring a very real phenomenon of isolation. And it has a really touching conclusion about what was missing from, from his life that, that I found awesome. I, I really, really enjoyed this book. I don't feel like I have quite the same level of um, like of depth of thought about Cosmogog, Cosmogog that I did for Alien Red Planet. But like both are equally good. And I wanted to prove the point that the Black Hammer universe is something that is so interesting and valuable. And you can pick up literally any of these series that look interesting to you and have a go with it. I mean, there's one about the villain from Black Hammer, Sherlock Frankenstein, that I'm going to read next, that just sounds fun and goofy. And there is Skulldigger and Skeleton Boy that came out that's basically like, what if Robin was adopted by the Punisher instead of by Batman? And... Oh, murderer, Bat- murderer Robin. Yeah, it's gnarly. It's a gnarly book. I've read like the first half of it and it's really good. And so, yeah, for my book club, I just wanted to make you, Alexis, and any of the listeners aware of the Black Hammer universe because I think I see a lot of people wanting and hoping for more character growth, more human stories from their big two comics than they seem to be getting. And I would say if you want a more representative cast, if you want a unique voice, if you want more serious issues to be explored in your comics, the place to find that right now is in the Black Hammer universe. So hats off to Mr. Jeff Lemire. Um, I adore Jeff Lemire. I think everything he does is phenomenal. And I think you should read Black Hammer. Uh, Alexis, do you have any questions for me about Black Hammer or anything of the sort? Um, I was just going to kind of ask, like, how did you, I guess, stumble across this? Like, um, because of course it's out of the normal realm of superheroes. Like, how did you find it and how did it catch your attention? 
Um, so, like I said, I love the writer. I find now, when I first started reading comics, I very much followed characters. Yeah. I said, like, oh, I like this character. I will read everything about them. Um, and now I'm at a place with my comic book reading. And I'm not saying one is one way or the other. This is just how the dice is rolled, right? I tend to follow creators. Like, if there's an artist I love or if there's a writer I love, especially writers, uh, I tend to pick up and check out everything that they do because I find that they they put out a quality of work that I really enjoy. And so Jeff Lemire has a phenomenal track record with me. Like Gideon Falls is amazing. Descender is amazing. Sweet Tooth is amazing. Essex County is amazing. Now Black Hammer is amazing. Um, just honestly, when I was first getting into comics was kind of when Jeff Lemire was taking off. And so he's always just had a really close place in my heart. And so it was kind of a no-brainer for me to want to check out Black Hammer. Mm-hmm. But I sort of took a break from comics from like 2015 to 2018. I I did an ecclesiastical mission for my church. And then college was busy enough that like for a, even a year after that, I just didn't really pick up comics, right? And so I when I decided to finally get back into comics, I sort of looked around the web at sources that I knew and I was like, what, what's the best stuff that's happened in the last three years? Mm-hmm. And like every list had Black Hammer on it. And so okay. I was like, all right, yeah, good. I will, I will go ahead and give this a try. And I was hooked from the first trade paperback. And I read, I think two of them were out. Two of the four trades were out at that point. And so mm-hmm. then I just waited for the trade paperbacks to come out over the course of the next few years. And I gave them a read, a read and enjoyed them. And I would say for anybody that this has caught your eye, I'd say go read the original Black Hammer series. It's four trade paperbacks. It's so good. I promise you, you will enjoy it. If you like superheroes and you like this podcast, I guarantee that you will like Black Hammer. The ending was a little iffy for some people because it's a little bit like the ending of Lost where like a lot of people guessed it and then they were mad that they were right. Um, that's that's a little bit how Black Hammer ends up being. As it, like a lot of people guessed how it was going to end, and then Jeff Lemire, instead of being like "just kidding, swerve," he was like, "Yep, that is the story I was building towards." <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it didn't bug me. I was like, "Okay, cool, yeah, that makes sense." And then last week, Black Hammer Reborn number one, the follow-up series, came mm-hmm. out, and that's honestly kind of what sparked this for me. I read that and I was like, "I should go read some of the other minis that I'm <laughs> behind on." And I just took a deep dive down the Black Hammer rabbit hole. And so, yeah, the way I found this was paying attention to the writers that I really enjoy. And then there are so many phenomenal comic book critics out there. And so I turned to them and tried to find the recommendations that they like. So, like, some of my favorites to look to for you, to use as a reference, Alexis, or anyone else listening, um, I love the the comic book criticism magazine panel x panel or panel by panel that Mm -hmm. comes out every month it's like three bucks i have a subscription to it i try to read the book that they are covering every month because they have really in-depth comic book criticism yeah that's how i found my favorite thing is monsters yeah yeah because it's like something that you wouldn't just find by yourself it's people that do that for their job yeah exactly and they very rarely cover like Batman, you know, it's yeah. usually like some the ones that are harder to find. Some corner case book that I d- wouldn't necessarily go to. So, like for instance, this month was Everyone Is Tulip, which was a really weird, trippy 
book about like performance art in LA and how people are becoming their online personas in real life. And it was like, it was, I think you would like it. It was very reminiscent of Snot Girl, Alexis. Mm -hmm. So like, I think you would dig Everyone is Tulip. Um, but yeah, so I love panel by panel. I love shout out to the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Draper does a phenomenal job on YouTube. I honestly have found so many series through watching his videos. If you haven't explored his YouTube channel at all and you like this podcast, I would recommend going over to his YouTube channel and checking some stuff out because that's how I got into like Headlopper. And that's how I decided to finally take the dive into Grant Morrison's Batman run. I think he does a really great job. Um, like I said at the top of this, Eric Azana over on the Geeks Plane podcast always has phenomenal recommendations. And then like the podcast that cemented me as a comic book fan instead of just like a kid that liked comic books was the iFanboy Pick of the Week comic book podcast. I have been faithfully listening since 2013 to that podcast. <laughs> So, like, I I like their taste. I think they're great. I think just asking people what books they like can really turn you on to some amazing things. And I think that's why I like this book club format that we do so much. Because I, honestly, I learn about books from you, Miss Lex. So. What can I say? I just am really good at talking about books in depth. <laughs> what can you say? You are amazing. Um yeah. we, we only have one listener question this week. Oh, it, okay. It is about Black Hammer, so suck it, Alexis. Oh, um, that's fine. Everybody hates me. I'll just go cry about it. So Evan reads comics. Evan, that's been on the podcast. Great guy. Uh, if you would like, go follow him on Twitter. But he asked for the show, any Black Hammer spinoffs that y'all want to see? So... I would love, one of my very favorite Black Hammer characters is Golden Gale, who, I don't know if you know who Mary Marvel is from the Shazam family. Uh, that sounds really familiar, and I feel like they were mentioned when we did our um, 52, did you guys mention it? Uh, yeah, so Black Adam had, yeah. was in 52, and the Shazam family came up. Yeah, I think that we, like, name-dropped, but didn't actually go into depth, so. Yeah, so, by the way, if you haven't watched Shazam, Alexis, you should. You'd like it. The movie? movie. Yeah, the movie, Shazam. Oh. Yeah, it was surprisingly You know, I'm going to be honest. I kind of just gave up on all the DC movies and haven't watched them ever since a long, long time, so. They surprisingly got good out of nowhere. I had the same policy, and then Shazam, Aquaman, and Birds <laughs> of Prey were all so fun. Okay, Birds of Prey doesn't count. Anything that has Margot Robbie in it doesn't count. She's her own creature. I'm so excited for Suicide Squad. <laughs> me too. So me excited. too. Me too. Me too. Um, but, anyway, but anyway. So Mary Marvel is a character like Billy Batson, who when she says the name Shazam is a child that is gifted with powers. But like mm -hmm. the twist on Mary Marvel is that she is a teenager, unlike the rest of them. And so she doesn't like age up. She just becomes like oh, a super powered okay. version of herself. Um, but and that was the case for... Uh, Golden Gale in the Black Hammer universe. Mm -hmm. And she is, she was a little girl that when she said Zephram, she would become a superpowered little girl. I love that. But the twist on that was as she got older, she still turned into the little girl. Oh, and that's so kind of she, funny. 
Yeah, so she's like this 40-year-old woman that says, like, Zafram, and then she's like a 10-year-old again. And in the main Black Hammer series, this isn't much of a spoiler, she is stuck in the little girl body. Oh, uh uh-huh. And so there's, like, a ton of angst coming off of this, like, 60-year-old woman (laughs) that she has had to repeat the fourth grade, like, 20 (laughs) times because she's stuck as a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so she just has to keep going back to fourth grade. And so you just get these funny shots of like a 10-year-old dragging a cig and cursing. Oh, my gosh. Because she's like, it's magic that keeps me 10. I'm not going to get cancer and die. Like, what the hell? Who cares? Who gives a shit? I'm stuck forever. I hate everything. Um, I would love a Mary Marvel or no, a Golden Gale miniseries. I thought that she was a really interesting character that I want to spend more time with. So there's my answer for you. Mr. Evan, you are great as always, and I want a Golden Gale Black Hammer mini. <laughs> that would be fun. Just how many times she's been to fourth grade. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, because, like, there's a conclusion to her story at the end of the main Black Hammer book, and then I think there's some really interesting space to explore further past that. Yeah. We- the many fourth grades of Golden Gale. <laughs> exactly. All right. Miss Alexis, you have to go to work, right? I do. Gotta go pay my bills. All right. It this has was been. Fun. This was really fun. Um, we're doing this again next week. Alexis has the pick, which she will relay to me. I think. Yeah. I, I hope will. so. Maybe um, not. I'll, sh- lo- yeah. I'll just delete your number. Yeah, just let me guess <laughs> when we're here. I mean, you always go and dig it up out of Comicsology anyway. It's not digging up when I just open the app that I open 40 times a day. Okay, well, stop looking at the ones I'm reading. Okay. All right. I have been Dallas. And I'm Alexis. And we'll see you next week. See you guys.